Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. Indeed, it's One Man's Opinion. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, commenting, favoriting, however you've got to hear my lovely nasally drone today. We do so appreciate that. If you can, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, a relative, what have you. We want to do more episodes. We want to crank more out, and that is dependent on you. I am Jeff Manns. You can find my work over at FantasyGuru.com. The rankings for this week, championship round week, and the NFL, everybody, by the way. Uh, they are available, projections, the game script article, everything available to you over there. Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide, FantasyGuru.com, EliteFantasy.com for all your daily fantasy sports needs. My divisional, or I'm sorry, championship round write-up will be posted on Friday night, depending on when you're listening to this. Super Bowl write-up, we go all the way through the NFL season, NBA, NHL, MMA, PGA, NASCAR season starting soon. We've got it all covered for you there at EliteFantasy.com, EliteSportsBetting.com. As well, you want college hoops, NBA, NHL, prop bets, NFL. I'm still going strong on that one. I know my guest today is going to have something to say about EliteSportsBetting.com there as well. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans. They haven't shut me down yet, everybody. The Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. I am so pumped up for today's episode because, well, we got the man, the myth, the legend. We've got the CEO of the Elite Sports Network, the one and only Rob Brink here to talk about the year that has been and a little history lesson from Elite Sports. Rob, how are you? Is this not the QAnon podcast? Am I in the <laughs> wrong spot? Yes. No, that's the down the hall. That's third door. On the oh, oh, shit. I, I came into the wrong room. Find the room where everybody's fleeing and then you'll... <laughs> That will be exactly where it is. Boy, yeah, we. Uh, it's funny. We're recording this right on Inauguration Day, everybody. So Rob's been on fire. Somebody wanted me to ask you why, uh, at what moment did you let your wife start running your Twitter account, which uh, obviously is at the alcoholic, A-L-G-O-H-O-L-I-C, on Twitter, everybody. So any response to that, Rob? Listen, my, my view on social media is very jaded where, you know, this is basically a one-sided conversation. I really don't care what you reply to me. I'm just spewing my nonsense and, um, yeah. you know, take it or leave it. It's pretty fun. It's hilarious. And yeah, one-sided conversations. That is for sure at the alcoholic, everybody. Um, yes, yeah, so Rob is like the, would you say, do you feel like, I always wanted to ask you this about like forgotten or be you're kind of behind the scenes, but you're not, you know, it, it's, it's a tough spot in a lot of ways. You got egomaniacs, which we'll talk about in plenty today, but like myself, uh, you know, that command attention and all this, but you're, you're the leader. You're our El Presidente, as they say. And does that, is that challenging for you at times? Because obviously you have sports knowledge and you post content and all that kind of stuff. What, what is that dilemma? like inside your brain you know when i get to do this or you know live shows produce content's literally the best part of my day and this is what i would like to do all the time uh unfortunately you know when you have a business uh you have to take care of business things and it's just not you know there's not enough time in a day to do this kind of stuff right um but in terms of your question like i i, I i'm i'm totally happy in my role 
and having sort of a, a back seat, which I, I, I take a back seat pretty well. Uh, and so I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. In that yeah. That's uh, it's good. It's important. I tell you, so I've, I've been around a long time in the industry, especially by industry standards, 15 years now. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I spent time not being successful and sort of fledging around. And I've had, you know, I've been in management roles and leadership roles and behind the scenes roles and all that kind of stuff. And I, I know it's uh, you've got something to put out in the world, especially with content. And but that's not your job. And it's always a, a difficult road. It's like kind of like social media. Like we all kind of need to learn that it's our great grandchildren will all know, Oh, well I have a job. So I'm probably not going to post dick pics or tweet (laughs) dick pics all over the fucking place, you know, to every sexy uh, massage therapist that I see around the block, or I'm not going to give my thoughts on QAnon or whatever the fucking crazy shit that I feel, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like our grandkids are going to know better, but we don't right now at this point. You would hope so. And, and you know, the other part, Jeff, is when you, when you have really good talent, and you, you know this about me, you're so much better off to just let them go and, 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 and do that, be the face of the company, be the talent, do all the good content. Like, you know, you, you see all the time where somebody in a role similar to mine wants the, wants the spotlight, right? And that's where issues start to arise. 100%. I think there there is a story that we'll talk about on today's podcast. Oh boy. Because you, you uh, the previous CEO of Elite Sports was me. <laughs> and that, I mean, there was a moment there where you and I were, conf- you know, had a call like that. And I had a conversation like, oh, you're kind of being demoted, but not. And it was a weird thing like that. And it's, it's a, you kind of, I always think, in those kind of moments, you defines people and who you are, what you're about. And I, I thought that the moment that you and I went through together in that was, uh, it was important. And it wound up, it's one of those things where I got kind of kicked in the nuts a little bit. Um, but it was so right. It was such the right move to make. And it was in, you know, I wasn't sure about you at the time, Like that's, I want to go back because I want to go back to your history a little bit for those who don't know, and then talk about building elite sports, elite fantasy and this network that we have. And then eventually how, you know, you and I came to work together. So give but, us, a- but you know what, Jeff, yeah. uh, you, uh, that call. So th- let's not gloss over that. So, okay. so, so Jeff and I had a phone call where mm-hmm. it was literally Hey, Jeff, um, you know, I think I'm going to end up being the CEO of this company. And this is Jeff, who was the current CEO. Uh Um, So you could imagine one man calling another and saying, hey, basically, I'm going to take your job, right? And that is uh, uncomfortable, um, awkward, uh, lots of long pauses, no yelling, no screaming. <laughs> Jeff and I don't have that kind of relationship, but you know, you, you said to me, Jeff, which, which meant the world at the time and still does is, you know, I appreciate you being a man and calling me directly and discussing this directly with me instead of taking a back door. And, you know, that always stuck with me and like a little message for the kids out there. It's okay to have hard, uncomfortable conversations with people. Yes. It's not okay to not be direct with somebody and and literally just tell them what your intentions what's happening um that's when you run into problems as we get we'll get into it was the the reason that meant the world to me that your phone call before we had the mate because we were just bought out by a a company and uh, an equity firm if you will and that and it was kind of like their decision and you know in evaluating everything and the right decision you know it was but but in the moment was obviously a little bit tough for me 
but you calling did mean a lot. And it was so fucking unnatural at that point because of our company dynamic, which we'll get mm-hmm. into. Like it just wasn't the way anybody did it. Like this, I, I had like eyes in the back of my head waiting for everybody to knife me for three years. <laughs> like I was just waiting. I knew that somebody's going to come up and brute me. Like I knew it was happening. I was like, who's it going to be? Where's it coming from? You know, head on a swivel type of thing. And Rob comes face forward and said, Hey, this is what they're saying. And this is what I'm hearing. And it was a nice moment. I said, all right, you know, all right, well, let's hear what they have to say. Let's see what the plan is. And, and they, you know, we had the call with orange capital fellows and, and, you know, you and I talked on that call, then we had another subsequent call and I'm like, all right, well, there seems to be for the first time, since I've been here, a real direction that people are, are at least admitting they're going to follow. And there's a path here. And it did free me up to do what I do best, quite mm-hmm. frankly, is content. You know, mm-hmm. it's the thing I talk about when I was at Fantasy Alarm and business with Al Williams. The reason I became successful, quite honestly, because, you know, Ted and I were doing our own company for years and it's hard to do. And you can't really do it. I don't think you could really do it's the, impossible. Yeah, the, that job and then still be a loudmouth blowhard on radio or in print or whatever, wherever your, your content is. I think it's really, really difficult, if not impossible. And when, you know, I got the alarm, that was the thing. Al was a business guy and he allowed me just to do my thing and it was successful. That was the right system. It's like a football coach. When you go back, you know, you get your ass kicked as a head coach and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to be the best offensive coordinator, defense coordinator I could be. There's no shame in that. There's no harm in that. You got to get past your ego, folks. I think that's part, that's the hardest thing, especially in our business where everybody wants to be the best at everything. One of the things I've learned is I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as good a CEO as you have been. And I think that's been proven over uh, the year 2020, the year we just got out of. Um, I'm good at radio stuff. I'm pretty good at football content. And that's, I lean on our team, which I know is something we'll talk about mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the show as well. And one, and I don't have a single ounce of regret or pity or uh, conflict in me because of it, because I think we're all better off in the positions that we are now in, but take us back a little bit, Rob, and your history and uh, you know, history, you, you've been a long time sports better, and you've worked your way up in sort of that arena into DFS. And now I'll give the folks a, a taste of what you've been through. Yeah. So I, I sort of have an extensive business background outside of sports betting where um, uh, I have a six Sigma black belt, which is really boring, but you know, basically I was consulting and solving complex business solutions um, for just a wide array of companies, um, which is sort of boring. And um, I was sports betting I'm old, Jeff. We're we're both old. I mean, I was betting on sports in 1995, getting the little, uh, you know, where your 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 degenerate uncle brings over the little sheet. Where (laughs) I know you had these in Chicago, where you check off the boxes for all the games. Oh yeah, I still do that. My family does it to this day. We do the (laughs) the football picks every week. I swear to God, I just paid out my family. We have to go through who won how many weeks, and I give them ten bucks per week they won. I swear to God, I just did that. I feel like not everyone knows about that. I feel like that's like like you know, you're an old school gangster kind of guy if you're if you've been filling out those kind of polls what about the uh i still have what do they call it? scratch tickets with the numbers for the thing? oh yes mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm i'm literally opening my drawer here where i record <laughs> i have them right here in front of me whatever they're called these uh you, you peel back the thing or you burn it 
and it reveals the number, the strip cards. I think. Yeah, this bar I used to go to had those yes. things. You would just sit there all night peeling these things, off. peeling them off, and going, "We'll do another one. Who wants to get in the next one? The next one, you'll do like forty of these things <laughs> before the night's over." Yeah, man. So we're we are old school, that's for sure. But I was pretty good at sports betting, good enough where I really didn't have to work. You know, I was just betting on sports, and um, you know, ultimately DFS came along. And um, you know, the way I bet on sports is with uh, computer models. And so I said, well, this is really cool. Um, so I started converting some things in the models and things like that and realized, hey, DFS is fun. It's, you know, it could be profitable for me. And so I started making uh, player projections, um, which is really how I got started in the industry. Um, you know, being approached and, and uh, Elite wasn't the only person that had approached me about providing. What year are we talking now, right? Like, oh, when are you starting DFS? Right when it came out. Um, so 2010, 2011-ish? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah it okay. might have been It might have been 2011. So DFS might have been out for about a year or so. Mm. Um, but I had some success and, you know, a couple big wins here and there. I certainly wasn't playing it. Uh, your level going to Playboy Mansions and things that just wasn't my thing. You know that about me. Like it's not yeah. really my thing. Um, you play pretty high now, though. I mean, it, well, it's it's different, but yeah, I, I'm I'm saying people will say that about me too. It's like, yeah, man, I got my ass kicked. I thought I was the 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 shit, and then you know I got my ass kicked, and my wife yelling at me, "Why you keep redepositing?" I'm like, I can't figure this shit out. And then <laughs> I had to reinvent it, and I did it at the low levels, and now yeah. I could play in the one case, but I certainly couldn't back in those days. Oh, sure. Yeah. you. I mean, I play at all the high level stuff now. I, I guess I have for the last four or five years. Um, but, and, you know, and that's how I got my start and, you know, got approached by several companies. This is sort of, you know, RG definitely paved the way for companies like ours, but, you know, they started to pop up four or five, six years ago and um, was approached by several and ended up choosing uh, going with the lead. So, and, and I'll never forget, and we can't, we will acknowledge Tommy G plenty throughout the podcast. Uh, you know, there's no mistaking there. He's the guy who brought us together and mm -hmm. Tommy start forming this company said he's going to, and I was like, I mean, we all end up realizing that we were all his, uh, his go-tos on the phone when he's starting and we're having conversations and all that. And you, uh, you were MLB model. You were doing baseball models for the most part, even though you were doing other sports, but baseball is kind of baseball is your passion, isn't it? Isn't mm -hmm. that your favorite? Yeah, sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, baseball. I mean, it's no doubt about that. And you didn't get along with Tommy though. And I, that was always an interesting uh, situation. Between this is a great story. Yeah. So that's when you say you chose a lead, I'm like, why the fuck would you choose a lead? Cause normally somebody doesn't like Tommy. They don't like Tommy. <laughs> this that's is a great story. So, so Kevin Adams approached me, Kevin Adams, Kevin Adams started elite with Tommy G mm -hmm. and he approached me about, you know, doing computer or doing uh, projections with him. Uh, we were, we were actually put together through an old DFS player, Doug Fister. I don't know how many people will remember Doug Fister. Um, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he was, he's like an old school dude. I don't even yeah. think he probably plays anymore, but um, I was, I was, he was, he, he had my projections. We became friends and then um, him and Kevin were friends. So Kevin approached me and he said, Hey, do you want to do this? Da, 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 da. Worked out a contract, et cetera. I said, okay, cool. And then, you know, after I sort of had everything together, he said, Oh, by the way, my business partner's Tommy G. And, and, and I said, Oh, oh shit. Well, let me think about this. Uh -huh. uh, do you know that uh, 
Tommy has me blocked on Twitter. I have him blocked on Twitter. We hate each other. Really? I didn't know it blocked. I didn't know. Oh, yes. Oh, Oh, yes. Blocked. Like, we hated each other. And Kevin said, yeah, Tommy G. I said, all right. Well, I tell you what. (laughs) Uh, Let me put me on the phone with Tommy. Let let us talk. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we talked. Uh, ultimately Tommy and I became great friends, by the way, I don't, I don't want to act like we didn't, but um, we talked and said, okay, all right, we're going to be able to work together. And that's how it happened. That's pretty good. Uh, I mean, giving people a chance is very important. And so you guys come out, you start elite, Kevin and Tommy uh, and you for the most part are the three that build it, start building it. I'm on the phone with Tommy at least five times a week during this whole thing, during the football season, during the summer leading up. And I, you know, I, I hear sometimes about (laughs) ideas and things Tommy came up with. I'm like, yeah, that was, I said that to him, you know, (laughs) 10 days before he even yeah, got <laughs> there, but whatever. Um, so that was always kind of the plan to work together. Same with Tommy and I, we had that dream, but we, were, we didn't think it would be able to happen financially. So you guys get started and like that first football season, people, you know, it goes way, it gets, it's way more successful than anybody had thought. You know, people will laugh at me when I say this because, you know, the DFS space is a bunch of nerds and everything. And Tommy's like the cool kid at the nerd table, whatever his line is from whatever one of those shows he was in. This was absolutely like a freaking rock band. Like the the best way I could put it is we were just on a rocket ship holding on for dear life with pure chaos going on around us. I mean, you know, when we launched, we started making – more money than anyone could have even imagined. I mean, you know, I'm talking about millions of dollars um, coming in and it was just absolute, it was a bonanza. It was absolutely bananas. And um, it was just wildly successful really from the start. Yeah. Um, I always uh, will caution. I'll say, well, not from the start, but cause I saw all the financials, but it was good. I mean, the f- football side was amazing. It was a great football season leading into it. And then we got to January where he's saying mm-hmm. like, at what point does he start bringing up? Hey, we're thinking about bringing in Jeff Mance. Cause he's telling me the whole time. And I'm like, sure, sure, sure. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Uh, at what point does he start bringing my name into the conversation? So, so you have to remember, I was left out of a lot of comp. So, <laughs> yes. so, so these guys didn't know me from Adam, like a- until mm-hmm. they started realizing that I was good at business and, and good at solving problems. Like, you know, then they started bringing me in, but you know, probably I would say by January, you know, I was, COO, whatever. Like I was intimately involved with, with all the business of the company. And I would say it was around that time where it was floated. Like, Hey, do you know, Jeff Manns? I'm like, well, yeah, the loudmouth. Uh, what did that guy call you? Radio hack. Would he call radio you a radio hack, hack today? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The loud guy on the radio. Yeah, I know him. Sure. D- did you know, did you really know me? I was surprised. No, not really. Yeah, not I didn't really. think so. Not no really. way. I was like, well, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Cause I swear to God, we had conversations. You had no fucking idea what, you know, who each other were for that matter at, at that uh, given point. So it's January comes around and then we start Tommy's like, all right, well, here's what we're doing. And we really need this for the baseball season. Um, I always say it elite never had a baseball season without me. We mm-hmm. you know, know that mm-hmm. as we uh, came around the turn there. And then Tommy's like, all right, well, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll make you CEO, I pay you more than you're making right now. And, you know, we need somebody on the business side to lead this thing. And I have business acumen as well, um, computer science degree, but I 
started a computer business back in 2000 and sold it to General Electric in 2003. So, you know, got history. I have the chops on that side. And leading back to how we ended up getting into the conversation with you, you taking over once Orange Campbell got involved was because it was fucking chaos for me. It was uh, when I got here and started looking at the books and stuff, it was obvious I'm just, you know, not to, I don't try to talk mean about anybody, but nobody had, there was nothing being, no records being kept, no, no, no ledger of what's being spent and how it's being spent. It was just a free for all. And I was, (laughs) I almost didn't last a week because I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what I'm getting. I knew it would be bad. But I didn't realize I, I, until the keys were handed over that this is. I'm, I'm sure your listeners know you well enough to know how anal and ADD you are. And, and not ADD, but so. uh, 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 anal retentive you are just yes. about every single thing in life. Every detail. Yeah, it's it's. I have a brain tick. I tell people this all the time. I, I don't know why. Like, I'm sitting here at a desk. Every single, I should take a picture. I've done it before. Every notebook and every keyboard, everything's lined up exactly parallel with the, the, the edges of the desk because that's how i i I'm, and i know that i like so i would have been on this autism spectrum for sure back in the day and rightfully so mm-hmm. um yeah, i have that issue so when i got here and saw the mess and the chaos and it was a good mess now i'll say that i mean the sales were amazing it was a rock star group the team was the best team that i think has ever been assembled you know the side of the 27 yankees just so much talent so many good people and so many positions that it was like it was unbelievable in those early days for me coming into that baseball season. And again, we sold record numbers. We had a record number of subscribers and, you know, the, the tens of thousands, almost a hundred thousand at uh, our highest peak of paid subscribers and the money was rolling in and all that. Those were good days. Those were good times. But then like, and this is the story, you know, we'll get into 2020 and you know, what, what has happened. So, um, as well, let's talk a little bit about as the rocket ship is going up, you know, uh, I joined the company. Well, f- by the way, I got to ask, what was the first impression of me when we first started getting a phone? You were always super quiet, like super duper quiet. What were you? I always wanted to ask you what you were thinking in those days. Uh, that you were a raving fucking lunatic. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what was your first, what was the first memory or, of those calls? What was so, the first so, this was right before your first football season here. Okay. Oh yes. Now I know where you're going. And I believe you were going through some of your health issues that you're, you're getting ready to, is that right? True. Yes. Yes. Okay. 2017. And I was, I was at the beach and I was on the back deck and I was having some drinks and um, you know how like none of our conference calls were planned or, you didn't get a heads up about anything, right? It was just like, hey, we're going to do a call, a call right? It'd be f- four hours of talking about reptile people. Sure. Seriously. No, this was a little pre-reptile people. This yes, little... but it was other other nonsense before the uh, reptile people, but yes. Exactly, exactly. Yes, so I get the notification, hey, we're going to jump on a phone call. So I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, well, let's do it. And I don't remember, Jeff, what set you off, but something set you off to the point that you are – fucking screaming livid uh yeah. losing your fucking mind and i just remember sitting there on mute as i usually was i mm-hmm. you know for those that don't know me very well like i'm i'm, I'm more of a measured like calculated kind of uh conversation like if i'm in a Stealth. conversation with you i'm Stealth. usually 
Yeah. What did you say? Stealth. Yeah. You don't yeah, know what you're feeling. More covert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you just rate him like, oh, buddy, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. I don't know how long I'm going to last uh, with this sort of environment. And, but you know, Jeff, and you're, you know, and I'm not saying that's a true oh, story, right? You're, 100%. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I don't remember specifically, but here, you know, what led up to them with me, my family, my wife will tell you, and she's told many therapists over the years, like, <laughs> I, it doesn't, the problem that I have, right? Mm -hmm. And I've talked about my depression in the past and stuff like that. Like, I'm not a, you know, I, I'm active in my mind at all times. Mm -hmm. I don't react to the first strike or the second strike, the third, the fourth. Mm -hmm. I let people pile on me. I let people down me. I let that, but it builds up. There's a fire. The fire builds to a point. And when it comes out, it's very profound and borderline. It's pretty ugly. Yeah, it's, it's ugly. It really is. And it's something I do. I've worked on this my entire life, I continue to work on it because I'm I, not a finished product by any means, but it's never what happened at that moment. Never. It's it's the lead up to it. Right. It, I'm good for one to two of those a year, usually. And mm -hmm. and, and it's got I've gotten better. I, you haven't had one yet this year. Not um, not with me. Well, I don't think you've had no, one. No, no, not well, we'll talk about why because I mean it's it's a better I don't you and I, I could say, Rob, I don't like that. I, and I, I, it's, and that's, that's the part that built to that one outburst. And eventually, you know, I, I obviously literally two weeks after this phone call where I went off, um, I was diagnosed with the, I had the uh, pneumonia and I had the uh, um, intestinal cancer that mm -hmm. they found a tumor when I went into the hospital and took me out mm -hmm. for like a couple of weeks. And then I had to undergo treatments and all that shit. So it was like, boom, like all of a sudden it was just like, you know, pure chaos. And it, it led up to that, you know, what, you know, what's to blame for it? Who knows? But I, I got the reins of the company and you know, sort of was in charge with, all right, guide us towards the light, guide us into, you know, uh, wise money management and, and uh, budget control and, you know, hire the right people and all the, and the problem which has befallen many companies in this space, including my own when I first started scout fantasy football back in the day was ego. Nobody really, Tommy and Kevin never wanted me in charge. They just didn't like it. And not just in charge. I, I don't think I was ever, I'm not a bossy person. I'll just, when I know something though, I'll command it and just, you know, just, and push it very strongly when I don't, I kind of, all right, well, well this, this guy knows, or, you know, or talk about it. I don't think I was a big boss, but it just wasn't that. And it had been building and building where like, and then you talked about, Hey, Rob, it's time to get on a phone call. Well, that's not what happened. What would happen is they'd, I'd get on a call with two of them or you, and it was always side conversations. And we mm -hmm. smart people like you and I know this was happening. Like, Oh, we call, mm -hmm. we'll call this person to give him this narrative towards this person. And then we, then we'll get on the phone, bring somebody else in to attack that person. And it was just, it's not the environment. And again, the four brothers and sisters, I grew up and the listeners are aware of that where we fought, we would talk and yell. I'm the youngest. I'm not the backstabber guy. I'm the front guy, which goes back to our story about you, you know, ascending CEO and stuff like I, that. No problem. Respect. Say it to my face, right in my fucking face. Just say it. I can handle that. No problem. I can't deal with the backstab and the lying, the deception. Like, wait, you just told me this. Now you're telling him that. Wait, now you're saying this was my idea. This was your idea. That part 
was unprofessional. That part is what just just got me off the rails and uh, and got me you know very very sideways going into that first football season. And then yeah, then I got sick and uh, hell broke out from there. I thought you know that was a break. You know, I was all right. Two weeks I, I was in the hospital. It kind of looked like oh shit, it was peaceful. <laughs> actually quite peaceful for a little a little while but yeah that you know uh, i'll never forget that july or maybe it was that august we sold well over a million dollars in that single month um which for our second football season in existence was like all the money in the fuck i mean it's still all, a lot all of money. money i mean it's still way more than you know most companies in the space do but i just remember hitting that first month we made our first million dollars and it was just absolutely bananas absolutely in a month yeah um yeah. and when you're making that kind of money you you're on top of the world man like nothing can bring you down very true and you know you hear about it and i and i was successful in a company that i ran before and that's something i learned with elite that you know i was in charge and i hired some people and people you know i did all the hiring in my company, it was called Up and Running, by the way, uh, Burning Computer Services um, in those days. And um, I mean, that was different. Now it was like an ensemble type thing, which is fine. But I think we all, and myself absolutely included, of course, we all sort of thought in our, our own minds that we're all responsible, you know, and, you know, or more responsible than we really truly were. You know, as big mm -hmm. as Tommy is and was or what, whatever you want to say you know we've learned in this past year he's not nearly as important as we thought or the perception is and that's not a knock on tommy it's the truth and, and tommy's a big deal and we like tommy and we're friends with tommy and all that stuff but it's the truth same with me the world moves on it's not as important as you think your role isn't as important the, the fact of the matter is we were really good together. We had a, yes. we, we had such a yes. great team that the talent was just pouring over. And whenever you have that, people believe they're better than whatever their role is. You know, it's like, I say it all the time. Somebody has to bat seventh in the lineup. If you have mm -hmm. studs uh, one through nine, somebody's got to bat eighth, ninth, you know, somebody has to do it. And that person's going to be really, really, really good but um, they're not going to be happy that they're not hitting in higher in the order where they could somewhere else. And I think that's where we started seeing the fractures amongst our core staff. Yeah, I think that's yeah. totally fair. You know, um, uh, ego, ego is the downfall of, of a lot of companies, of, of a lot civilizations. of people, of a lot of civilizations, of a yeah. lot of presidents, by the way. Um, oh, boy, oh, here we go. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Uh, won't First go there. One of the but, day, everybody. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think, I think some of that is just, it was just really natural because, you know, I mean, we're just four dudes that just knocked down, you know, we're, we're, Millions we're on top of, of the world. Like we're, like I said, we're killing it. And, um, you know, where do you go from there? Right. I and think that's the, there's also the the point with elite that it's always been this way and it gets into where we're going to point this discussion back into 2020 is that uh, we never did get the respect amongst the industry. You know, we, like everyone looked at us and like, Oh, they're, you know, what the fuck's elite mafia who cares, you know, the, it, it's just a matter of time before they burn out and they don't, you know, these guys don't know what they're doing and all that. Some of which is fair, but a lot of which, <laughs> but the fact is, and this is the important part, right? And I think it's important politically as well, but it's important in all realms. 
where there's a giant audience, and the reason we were making so much money, it's not about the money. It's really about the people and the customers and the belief mm-hmm. and the, 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 the movement we were doing in the DFS space. Remember, this is before betting. This is before we didn't even, we were just a DFS company at that. I'd love to tell the betting story at some time. Well, yeah, absolutely. We'll get to that in a second. But like we weren't, this is pure DFS. This wasn't seasonal. John Hansen, they were still doing the fancy guru stuff separate yes. from us. This was only DFS before betting, before seasonal, before we, you know, we were just a one dimensional company doing this. And the DFS, you know, whatever they call themselves, the sharps or whatever, you're just always disrespected mostly because they were jealous. They knew the business we were doing. They saw the attention and they tried to poo poo it, which made us, every one of us individuals, individually and collectively tried to, well, fuck you. We'll show you. We'll prove we it. We embraced it. We yeah. embraced it. We did, but it, but it still was a chip on our shoulder. I think. Oh, sure. 100%. It was still like it, it bothered it, you know some of us more than others with uh, what the perception of the industry is or was at that time. And I think that's a, um, you know, a big lesson learned there as well. So then we started growing into it, and, and at that point, the fractures are happening. We knew like who knows when we're going to, you know, uh, know, where we're going to go. There's a lot of companies asking to purchase us at that point and buyouts. And and that's where like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden ownership percentages kept coming into play. And all of a sudden numbers kept being rearranged and everything. This is where this is the important part about why bookkeeping and records and documentation and contracts and everything else is just monumental. It's huge because without all that stuff, you're not really a business. You're just a, a snowball or a boulder waiting to, you know, wherever you stop is going to be a mountain that you run into. And that was sort of the trajectory that we were on and where orange capital came into the picture. Um, At at that point, Rob, like we were talking about many, many different companies buying us and purchase us. We had conversations with just about every company you guys could even imagine. Um, And uh, what was, what was your vantage point during that time? Where were were you thinking, like I was thinking that we're eventually good, we're a runaway train that's going to hit a mountain. Like that's where I was at. I'm like, if we don't get some significant help, somebody to control this atmosphere, I, I had realized at that point, a CEO wasn't going to be me. I knew it deep down because they just, everybody was right. They wanted to challenge me. They didn't want, I say, Hey, can you do an article today? Fuck you, man. Fuck you, man. It's like, what, dude, come on. Like I'm not in like, You think you're so fucking great. I'm like, no, I don't think I'm fucking great. Like, I, I really don't. I don't care if you're better than me at DFS. That, that is, but that's what it became. That was my, my perspective of, you know, uh, I'll say, you know, Collins and Draftsheet, Tommy and Kevin's like, they, they got to a point with them where they just wanted to challenge me and wanted to rival me. And I'm like, I'm on your team. I don't understand this. It was a weird atmosphere. And, to me, it's always about the customers and about the subscribers. There and must help. be something about your face. I, yeah, I don't, face. that I could understand. It's a big giant face. It takes up a but, lot of But Look, you know, to answer your question about where my head was at. So yeah. let's be, let's be very honest here. My assessment was pretty simple. It was, it was fun. It was an amazing ride, but nothing about what we were doing was long-term sustainable. Um, you know, the, the brightest stars burn out, right? And without some best practices, without some uh, real uh, uh, business structure, um, this thing was always designed to 
ultimately flame out at some point. And I believe pretty firmly we were really close to our flame out point. Um, you know, we had we had um, established ourselves, we had a customer base, um, but we were just careening sort of uh, wildly. And, you know, without some, like I said, permanent sustainability and business um, structure in place, um, ultimately, I don't think we would be here today, Jeff. I agree. We wouldn't have been. And, you know, there was a move and my proudest moment as the CEO of uh, Guru Elite and all that is when I, I did something that's a little bit shady, I, I would probably say, and uh, is when I we had a conversation. There's a lot of suitors, as they were say, to buy the company and buy us out and all the, you know, where it was going. But I went around everybody because I heard some of these other people and these investors. And it was basically one of the things I hate the most is where they, a lot of people chasing Twitter numbers. Oh, this guy at something on Twitter. He's amazing. And I'm like, I don't, I never care about that. Like what's their acumen, but a company called orange capital. And I went around and emailed directly to the CEO of orange capital one-on-one just said, Hey, can you, can we get on a call? Can we just figure this thing out at that time? Can we just figure something out here? Because, you know, and I said, well, it's a good asset to buy. And if you can control this, this would be one that will make you a lot of money, I thought. And um, the guy on the phone, and at that point, they kind of sold me in a lot of ways. And I think mm-hmm. you, if I'm not mistaken, you tell me, but you were sort of leaning this way as well. And we ended up being able to gravitate the conversation in towards Orange Capital, who, who I at least will speak for myself, felt that, that it was the best fit for us structurally, uh, um, ego wise, you know, people that would, that weren't in the business to try to challenge us. Yeah. I felt it was the best fit for us. Yeah. I mean, look, I was really, uh, well, I'm a skeptical person and you pretty much have to prove yourself to me before I'm a believer. Um, and so, you know, I was really skeptical. I was really skeptical going in and, you know, just in terms of, okay, this is, this is private equity. These are hedge fund managers. These are former Goldman Sachs executives, Um, they're not going to understand the business model. They're not going to understand the space. And it turns out that that is probably the best thing a company like ours could have. Like everyone has this, this tunnel vision, you know, all of these little shops that have been opening up, they all have this little tunnel vision approach of what a business looks like, um, in the space. And I could tell you, yes, you could have some limited success doing that. But until you broaden out and, um, you know, it's like adding additional uh, capacity to a board of directors for a company. It's why, you know, various people from various industries will sit on Amazon's board or whatever. It's, it's to broaden the breadth of knowledge and to broaden the skill sets of the company. And that's really what we ended up doing. I mean, you know, personally, I don't know anything about going to Wall Street and asking people for money. I don't know anything about mergers and acquisitions at a meaningful level. And adding that expertise into the business has been amazing. Yeah, it really has. And it was the right move to make. I felt like it was a good move, um, you know, when talking. And then we got, we, we eventually got the conversation going over there. And then we, you know, there was a summit. We're all in New York. We're going to join, you know, John Hansen and Joe Dolan and all these guys, you know, which by the way, weren't you awake for like 48 hours before that summit happened? Yes. Yeah. I went from, if I'm not mistaken, (laughs) didn't I go, I traveled. 
Yes. No, well, no, it wasn't Hawaii. It was um it was San Diego, I think. I was in I was on the West Coast and I had to fly all the way east coast. Yeah, it was a hundred percent on a vacation or whatever it was and i flew from san diego all the way out to new york and up jeff, that whole jeff i remember getting my coffee sitting down yes. in a chair and i see this yes. this giant clumsy looking tired ass <laughs> dude come staggering <laughs> <laughs> uh, jeff man how you oh, doing buddy <laughs> i know right it was uh i mean that and, and yeah we rolled into a freaking boardroom on park avenue like oh shit like okay um this is you know this is going down this is by the way you remember i smoked the guy with my car door oh yeah a biker a bike messenger is one of the funniest stories i've ever heard like dude you open up a cab door into traffic and the fucking biker like just goes flying like you would see like uh like i I don't know what like a flare it was me you and tommy g in the back in the back of his cab and this guy goes flying kept riding yeah, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, I mean, those were the days. And, you know, so we go there, we sit through that and, you know, kind of get an ownership and a structural uh, how things would go. And I felt like that was a good meeting, a pretty productive meeting. Although we'll say then Tommy doesn't show up the last day. Literally, I mean, the biggest meeting of our entire life. And he doesn't show up. Like we go out that night and have a few drinks or whatever. I don't even think it was that rowdy of a night really. And go back to our room the next day. It just doesn't show up for the whole fucking meeting. Like the whole, and we're just like, wow, um, this doesn't look good for us because at that point, um, you know, this, this, it, Tommy is so good at what he was, what he was doing at that point. Mm-hmm. But the problem that befalled him, I think, you know, is that he started thinking he was the business guy and he did have acumen, smart guy, but not a business guy. And, you know, there, there's certain procedures when you're in business, you have to show up, you have to go to meetings. It sucks. You hate it. I hate it. We, everybody hates it. Nobody likes it. Do we want to go get drunk and do drugs? Yes. All of us would love <laughs> to do that, but you just can't do it or you do it and roll in whatever. And so, so right there was a moment that I know, now, we always supported our business partner and, and Tommy, and he was the most important person at the company for a long time. But that, that was a moment where I, you could see it in the Orange Capital fellow's eyes and even some of the rest of the coworkers who were on site that uh, he, he started to lose the group at that point a little bit. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. It was extremely awkward, right? <laughs> it was an extremely awkward experience and not a great taste for new business partners. No, not not at all. But we got through it. We did it. And, you know, onward and upward, we merged with uh, uh, Fancy Guru. And, and, you know, we at that point, we were that's when we started really getting into the sports betting and launching a new site, EliteSportsBetting.com. Now, we had launched sports betting a little bit before that, you wanted to tell that story, Rob. Well, what was so interesting is it was an absolute. So this was the days of people. Um, sports betting was not legalized across the country right. nationally. And these were the days where everyone was saying DFS is a skill game. DFS is not gambling. And, you know, all the while where everyone's sitting there knowing that daily fantasy sports is gambling (laughs) you know does it take some skill sure but it's still a form of sports gambling let's be honest with ourselves and so you know all this turmoil is going on and here i am i'm the betting guy right and so i just wanted to get a betting product out and tommy g obviously huge betting guy um so we ram it down everyone's throat that we're going to start doing sports betting on guru elite 
Yep. It was Guru Elite at the time. We changed the name, which might mm-hmm. be um, another story, but we changed the name to Elite Fantasy. Right. Um, but we started doing it on site. And I, Jeff, you know, somebody could tell me I'm a liar, but I think we were the first daily fantasy company providing sports betting. Oh, yes. By probably 12 months. I mean, here's the thing. In those days, I mean, this is just the truth and people don't want to ever admit it. And I, I don't care. Other companies need to be first. We were the first at almost everything. And it, that I'm not lying. It's the truth because we were the kings. People knew we were the kings. We would go to these conferences and go to these things. And everybody knew like, oh, my God, these guys are making, t- you know, six, seven, eight million dollars a year just for putzes, you know, and, and with the, a bunch of their cronies. And they would copy or emulate every single fucking Mm -hmm. thing that we do. Every single thing. They either would copy it or they'd say it's stupid and shitty. Like there's no in between. You know, they either fight it one of two ways. And yeah, oh, 100%. Nobody was doing that. You guys did a Super Bowl guide our first like after their first football season and like 2018 you put a fucking super bowl and guide nobody together. wanted to do that and i kept saying i can put together a super bowl guide i've got a buddy at a sports book we will we'll get the props we'll get everything together this is like none of this stuff was legal in the states none of this information that people have now was widely available like you had to know people that put together stuff like this yes. and i never forget i put it together our first year <laughs> and we had this conversation do we post this on the site and of course i'm screaming this this is going on site, guys. People are going to bet on the Super Bowl. People are going to buy the Super Bowl guide from us. It's going on site. And so ultimately, uh, a, a fight I won, and um, we never stopped. No, we never stopped. Uh, I'll tell another story about it that I'm sure Rob doesn't want to get into, but I'll never forget. Like that, There was no business set up for this, and so we sold, and they sold a bunch or whatever. And one of our partners at that time said, all right, I'll take my cut after saying, no, 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 we shouldn't do it. And it wasn't me, I'll tell you that much. Uh, and it was like, what, what the fuck? And a big fight ensued there because like, well, wait, you said no, you did none of the work, did none of the hustle, you didn't promote it, you didn't do anything, and now you want to cut. It's like, no, that's just not fair. And that moment is really what encapsulizes the, the question everybody's asking us on Twitter right now, which is what happened? That's what happened. Everyone had their hand out and making a shit ton of money wasn't good enough. They wanted to make the most money. They wanted to be more involved. They wanted more responsibility, but less work. And then, you know, it, it that's you, you, am I lying on that? First of all, Rob, about the, uh, no, no, no lies detected. No okay. lies detected. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so, and that's, I mean, that's just what happened, you know, and, you know, it became uh, you know, who, making so much money wasn't enough money. And, you know, I, it was a, a uh, boy, man, I, I could really, I could throw some numbers because the negotiations with Orange Capital too were something else because we yes. talk about this and, and here I'll frame it this way. And I want everybody to understand, I don't hold resentments. It's just not what I'm doing now. Do I get mad? Yes. I'll only speak for myself. We all had to do independent um, uh, negotiations and all that. Mm-hmm. And I took, you know, I took a pay cut. I lost equity. I lost a lot of stuff mm-hmm. with doing this. And at the same, at one time, I had thought I was under the premonition that all my partners were doing so as well. I mean, they did three other guys, and it turned out 
not to necessarily be true yet. You know what I mean? And I would say who and what, but somebody got more and other people got less. And that was a moment where that again, and it was told to me completely different, sold to me that, oh, we're all in this together. We're all doing this. We're all getting less and, and they'll still tell you they got less, but I'm telling you their less is still more than they were getting before, which is fucked up in my opinion. And that's, that's something that also stuck with me. And when you want to say, you know, I haven't, when I talk out of school or whatever, there's a lot of that kind of shit that I could point to and throw people under the bus personally that, that I'm not interested in doing, but I just want to frame this for the, the people that are interested. No, it, it became, it became, um, it became a, a cyclical. It was a real cycle. And um, you know, the cycle, the cycle repeated itself over and over again to the point that, you know, I could basically jot down on a notepad before the call, what was about to happen. And that exact thing would happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, 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 it was, to- it got toxic. It, it got really toxic. And um, I'll go back to, you know, if we didn't instate some formal controls, which we ultimately did, we were, we were crashing and burning Jeff. And so, you know, what you're describing is just the cycle of, of what was happening here at that time. And there was no end in sight. And what the, the sad part about all that is that we have a ton of sales and a ton of great customers that were all in the balance. Like that's the part that always kind of drove me crazy mm-hmm. it's like man we're mm-hmm. like we're burning out when we shouldn't be there's plenty of everything here for everybody this shouldn't have been as hard as it was it really shouldn't it just we had everything we needed but and then you know there's the whole other thing about you know showing up for work and doing work and, and putting it because ultimately we, we could talk about the business side all day the business is nothing without our mm-hmm. great customers and subscribers and people that listen to our shows and things like that and you got to take that work that work has to be first and foremost has to be the most important thing you do in a day not what percentage you get of said royalties that doesn't by the way jeff i i feel like you say this a lot and your customer your listeners our customers hear you say this a lot that you that you value the customer that you put the customer first and you know i want the people listening to know this is not jeff selling you fucking anything if you when i have conversations with jeff when jeff negotiates things when jeff plans things he literally puts the customer ahead of almost everything, honestly. And we've had wars. I, some of the wars I feel like <laughs> have been had are because we want to put the customers first. We see employees not putting the customers first, um, you know, or, or we just feel like decisions being made are not putting the customers first. And Jeff leads the charge. Jeff is like, like the, the customer Braveheart. He's storming in there <laughs> face painted and holding a spear. <laughs> Throw on my horse for, uh, I appreciate that very much, Rob. And yeah, I hope people do understand that it's, uh, and that comes back to the struggle of getting to the point where you have people that will listen and follow and, and, you know, and you could teach people and you got to take that relationship has to be the most important thing because once it's not, it isn't. And, and so, you know, we're on that track and we're on that track and then that's exactly where it boils over. That's where we get to 2020 to start one year ago today, pretty much we could turn back or maybe January 1st, 2020, mm-hmm. you know, Rob, and I, I said this on the previous podcast and I've told you this, but you knew it behind the scenes. Anyway, I was burned out mm-hmm. for the exact reason you're mentioning it. And I, I, in my mind, 
that was probably all she wrote for me. Like I, I was ready to maybe make a jump or, or do something else. Um, and, and I'll just go, you know, it's all goes back to that. The workload, my workload was very, very high in what I had to do. But I, at the end of the last baseball season, not the one we just had, but two baseball seasons ago, you know, when I had to jump off and I had to do that, we had one guy say, no, I'm not doing anything. I, I refuse to do baseball. I'm just not participating because, you know, there's an election coming up in, in two years and I have to be prepared evidently. And the other guy who, uh, the other guy who said he would do it would literally, and I'm not kidding, have a competition to see how fast he could bang through live streams and content, how few words, how few information, how quickly he could do it. And that just, and we're sitting here, Hey guys, you know, buy our content and trust our content. And we've got people that are absolutely just flamboyantly saying no fuck all that i'm not doing it and i'm doing the shittiest job i could do the quickest job i could do the half-assed job i could do and some of our you know people and producers would come to me and you and say uh, guys i don't want to rat anybody out but this is what's going on and mm -hmm. it got to the point where i'm like well this is fucked i can't i don't want my reputation around fucking over customers and people because that's the worst thing you could ever ever do and that that's so that's where my mind was at going into this year and eventually you know rob i went to you with hey um that's yeah, basically telling you this is what, what's on my mind um and that's how we entered the year before the pandemic by the way everybody like <laughs> that's we entered it like that like i was like rob we have to make some changes so as i approached you with that what what were your sentiments what were you thinking going into 2020 well like so first of all i so i didn't move fast enough on the situation for jeff so there was there was some conflict there uh mm -hmm. if we're being totally honest oh yeah um so yeah, I mean, it was, you know, we'll put that one on the table. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, like all things, I gave Jeff my word, uh, ultimately, that I would take care of the situation. Um, the situation was resolved. And so, so here's the thing, Jeff, and, you know, people, people in this industry, um, they feel like, oh, if this guy splinters off, our business is dead. Or if this guy splinters off, we're going to lose all of our subscribers. And I can tell you from deep, deep experience at this point, if you build a good product and put a good system around it, it's bigger than one man. Yes. And we have learned this repeatedly, <laughs> repeatedly right. this year that it's, 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 it's the Patriots. Like it is bigger yes. than maybe a bad example this season, but <laughs> well, it, it's bigger than it's bigger than one individual. And if, if you don't build your business that way, if you build it around, like we had, like we did in the past, let's just be honest about it. You are setting yourself up to a, not be able to make your own decisions, B have your feet held to the fire and C when there's burnout there or that person splinters off, you're, you're, you're dead. And, you know, if you're willing to set a business up that way, I would just encourage you to think really hard about what you're doing because it's not long-term sustainable. And I've said this before, or at least alluded to it before, and I'll say it again to your point about systems and, um, you know, the way we do business, the way we set up things, I think, you know, that I know what it's like to be the guy who writes player notes for 20 bucks a month. 
you know, I've been, I've did that, did that for years and years. I, I've ran a company that went nowhere. I've run a company that went somewhere and got bought out. I've, you know, I've been in different spots. So I, I kind of feel like I know what some of these guys are going through or most of the, our team is going through and what it takes. And mm-hmm. it's a tough, it's a difficult balance. And I know during football season per se, I get a lot of credit and I do a lot of work and everyone's like, well, why you know, I get bitched at why are you, you know, I want to do more work. And I say, all right, we'll do more work. And then they're like, well, it's basketball season. And I'm like, and I say, I know. That's why I didn't want you doing a lot of football. That's why I took on so much football. Not because I think I'm fucking better than everything. No, I'm good. Customers get exactly what they want. And we need you for basketball or hockey or, you know, if the baseball season's still going, it's balancing those things. And that's the thing people, some of our guys would never trust me with. They just wouldn't trust that that was my intent. They thought, whatever I was trying to get over on them, I think, or that's where that competition Mm -hmm. really, really manifested. And I'll tell you this though. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, people are going to be pissed that I say this, but I'm going to say it is that look at what's happened with some of the people that we've lost. They're super talented people, right? But our system and the way we set it up with content and, you know, I've always done the content scheduling and, and things like that. And Rob's entrusted me to do that. Uh, even, you know, with him in charge, the whole thing is that I think everybody has enough time to do their research, to be a quality player betting DFS seasonal while providing top level content. And sometimes, you know, they don't do Orange Capital will come to us, you, well, they go to you and then you come to me like, hey, why isn't this guy doing more? This guy, we're not getting this out of this guy. And it's like, well, it takes a long time to do this one piece. And then we also want them to be a productive player. Look at what people who aren't here have done playing. There's a reason they win millions here and they go and run their company and their play falls apart. It's not easy. This system is perfect for people that want to balance that to be good players in their own right, but also provide absolute pinpoint top-notch content. They don't have to do a show, uh, 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 an article, a cheat sheet, projections, rankings every single day, because that's why a team is here. And that's what I think the fantasy industry doesn't get. Everybody wants to be the front man and get all the attention, but they don't realize if, if you have man's doing football and I'm doing three things in football and I got my guys, Tyler, Russell, Armando doing this. And I get everybody else can do one thing and they could chill a little bit, but then they get to NBA and then they're hammered every, this is a system. It's an infrastructure that works and it's conducive to winning. And you look at what people have done while under our umbrella. And then when they leave, I threw my hands up in the air. I know it's radio. Can't see it, but <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, and it's not even a knock on them. It's not an all a knock. It's fucking hard. And when you're trying to run a business, doing everything else, and then you're trying to be a top end player, it, it, you can't do, you can't wear every hat. And it goes back to our original statement there. And, and I think people are, have recognized that some of those who have left. Yeah. And, and, and Jeff, I want to, I want to, um, I want to just, put a pin in my, my, my prior comments regarding, you know, having a system and having, you still need good players and, oh, yeah. you know, when, 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 when can't have anybody know, doing it. Yeah. Think of a football player that's been cancer to a locker room, like I don't Antonio know, Brown. somebody, right. Antonio Brown, a, a B like if you have a cancer, it affects, it impacts not only the entire internal team but we have an external community that relies yes. on us 
that is part of us. And it begins to, um, that cancer, that poison in the well begins to seep out of the well and into your customer base. And, you know, we have seen that over and over again here. And for the first time, I can say this with great confidence. I hope our current staff listens to this podcast. Um, <laughs> we have we have removed the poison from the well. We have cut the cancer out of the locker room. And for the first time, like you were saying, people need to just be able to know what their role is, fulfill that role, and be really good at it. We have that now. We have that now. We have cut out the poison, and it is the environment. It's a dream. It's a dream Dream to come to work every day. We're in such a great place heading into 2021. The healthiest this company's ever been, and I mean ever, even you know during a pandemic and everything, it's amazing for the exact reason Rob says. And you know everybody wants to know about each individual situation. I'll just tell you this, that you know, there are people that left to start their own business because they were, um, you know, they were successful. And they thought, oh, well, I'll fan the flames of this and, and away we go. And that was great. Don't have a problem. That's, that's kind of, I, I, I do tell our staff and they could admit it or not. But I say, I want that. I want these discussions. I want you to say, hey, I need more money. We want them to come to us, say, hey, I'm so important. And people love me so much that you can't live without me. That's what, that's the dream. That's the fucking dream. The problem is people say that and it's like, well, it doesn't really matter. You don't get any more clicks. We have analytics now. It's like, you know, somebody tells you, hey, man, I'm a 300 hitter. And you're like, well, the last three years you're hitting 260. <laughs> Where's the 300 at? It doesn't, it, I'm not seeing it on the sheet. Tell me why. And they're like, well, fuck, look at me on Twitter. 100 likes. No, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Those people aren't our customers. And so, you know, there's that one. And people like that, but when somebody leaves like that, what happens? We have other people that by have, have waited sort of in the bullpen, if you will, that ascended to that a bigger, more established role that you see them more prominently featured. Sure. And, and then uh, we've catered our hiring now to to people that we yeah. think will fit into what we the have. Culture. Here. Yes. It's 100%. A cultural shift that we consciously now you know, I could hire 10 guys a, a week, Jeff. I mean, these people are out there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was just going to hire somebody and we yeah. vetted them, you and I. Then I went to the team and yes. I let the team vet them because I'm so afraid of introducing something that doesn't fit into our current culture. And, you know, the, the other thing, Jeff, that sort of bothers me that I want to just, the last thing I'll say about employees that I've left is, you know, you and I well, don't I really- more you and I don't really care about Twitter or what people are saying to me on no, there or, no. but they love the spin shit. They love to speculate. Yes. And I could assure you that not a single person that is not here anymore that came to me and said, I want to go start my own business that I didn't say to that person, Godspeed, yeah. best of luck, wish you nothing but the best in the future. You know, Mike Iorato just left us, said he wanted to go start his own business. I love There's Mike. no bad blood between Mike no, and I. No. I, I. I wished him all the luck in the world. Uh, I, I talked to him two nights ago. Like yeah. there's no bad blood. Not not every situation has to be oh, like, no. this bad blood situation. Well, I, like I mean, you know, I mean, I, I talk fondly of Fantasy Alarm all the time. I mean, sure. I, I left them, you know, and I mean, when I did so, I knew I was putting them in a bad situation and Ray and Ted left as well. It really was bad. But like I, I talked to Al the other day who owns the company. I've talked to Rick. I was in Rick's show a, a few weeks ago. 
about that. Howard and I talk on and off the air. Like, I, it wasn't bad blood. People, you know, I wish nothing but the best for people. I want everybody to make the most money. Have I want everybody, I don't care about what, I want them to be happy. I think happiness, it breeds other happiness and a good culture mm-hmm. and a good environment will make you happy. And again, mm-hmm. I've grown up in situations, I've talked about depression and my mom was majorly depressed and have gone through that kind of stuff where there's a bad environment. And I'm like, holy shit, I could either continue on this carousel or I could jump the fuck off and, and start figuring things out. And I chose the latter personally. And, uh, and I don't, if other people want to go other places, that's wonderful. You talked about uh, Mad Lab. Mad Lab's uh, an absolute king. I love that guy. Uh, I love a lot of our former coworkers. There's one person only, and I won't <laughs> say who, that I, and, and by the way, there's reasons. Like I've got the text message, hey, we're going to be friends. Hey, I'm doing this. And then, you know, then fuck you the next minute. It's like, what? I, I couldn't un- ever understand it. And I gave that person every single opportunity in the world and they just chose it. And that's fine. You choose to do this. I could choose to not like you. Everybody else I've left on good terms with as well. And I don't have any beef with whatsoever. But um, but that's the thing, having people, having that environment. There's people here that are in prominent roles now for all of our sports that have waited their turn. That's mm-hmm. another thing. Because one of the hardest things when you start getting some publicity, some notoriety and start doing great work, you find yourself as an analyst. You want to be front and center. You want to be the leadoff guy. You want to clean up or third. You want to be in the meat of the order. And it's not always possible. You got to kind of wait it out. Those who stick around are really the ones that from here on out, I want to be in business with. The ones that have waited their time, maybe a year, two years after they could have been a more prominent role somewhere. But now- they're, they're ready. They know what it's like and they, they're going to be generous and giving and promoting of the people under them. They want to be here and they want to support the customers. And, you know, the the 2020 was, I mean, absolute hell for everyone, for families, for loved ones being lost. I mean, you know, it, it, total worst case scenario. So, so what I'm about to say, I, I don't want to slight any, anyone that's, you know, had, had COVID issues and things like that, but it, it was literally a cleansing experience um, for our company. Um, we learned, we learned who you learned, we learned what people yes. are made of. You, you yes. learned, you, you learn, you learn more about somebody through hard times than you do through good times. It was so easy when everything's going well. It's so easy when the money's flowing in. It's so easy when payroll is not an issue, but when it becomes hard and real choices have to be made and people have to make real decisions. I mean, I learned more about this team, which is probably why I'm so I'm, I'm more committed today than I've really ever been in my life because Same. If they want, if they, if somebody is still here with us, they want to be here because there's plenty of opportunity. They could have left. They, sure. I mean, it was, we yeah. cleansed and you know, what we have, what we are left with is the cream and um, really couldn't be happier. And that, you know, if there's a positive for COVID for our business, um, that's certainly it. And, and to Rob's point, and I'll say this and um, is that there was time we, we fought. I will say personally, I did everything. And I personally witnessed Rob Brink do everything with Orange Capital on the side. We did everything to bring, to 
provide a living for every single employee that we have at this company the entire way. And there were time we had to furlough a little bit. We took, uh, uh, we didn't get paid one full month. We, you know, got a certain percentage and, but man, there, there's guys that went out. All right. There's there, the team member. What, what Rob's saying is there are guys that went and built a poker site for us that went and did horse racing. Look at what Slappy's doing. And then the group in our horse racing betting site, we bet on overseas sports. We bet on, we did KBO DFS. You know, we went out and provided this release and this, this distraction for our customers and our subscribers. And we did it at discounts. We gave every, you know, our customers, I think we did right by them first and foremost, which was well, big. We decided that they need us now more than ever. More During, than ever. In March, we literally had a conversation. Do we just stop providing content? And, and, mm-hmm. and there was a resounding, no, I'd rather provide content for free, free because this is- elite mafia, they need a release. And, the people that did it found ways they were in the poker rooms. They were doing the horse racing. They were betting, they were doing KBO write-ups and, and, and soccer write-ups and, and they did that. And others left. Others said, well, f- you know, fuck that. I'm not going to work for free or I'm not going to do it for free. And again, I, to each their own, it's not a you know, resenting of somebody, but the choices that were made are were up to every individual. And that's how mm-hmm. we lost a lot of our people, people got distracted by what they did. People, um, there were some that speculated that we didn't do enough maybe for uh, the, the uh, employees, which I, I mean, I, I can't even imagine if I explained to you what the circumstances were, you guys, I don't think there's one of you listening that would be like, well, that's completely fair. People got more money than they were, would have got had there not been a pandemic, you know, based on the structure we, we implemented. I think it was very fair and the right thing to do. And the last thing we're, we, Rob or I would ever do is take money from somebody and their family and, and their needs. Like that's not how we run this business. It's not what this business is about. So um, no matter what's being precipitated on social media, what's being said, that's where I get furious because I know each of these individual cases backwards and forwards. And I know what people were about when it was time to be about it. And I know the ones that said, you know what? Hey man, you want me to do some KBO? Hey dude, can Mm -hmm. I, Hey, you know what? I'm really Mm -hmm. into, I can't even remember some of the shit, like the horse racing thing, the poker thing. Like there were people that stepped up and like, Hey man, you know what? I, I, I kind of know this. Let, let me do this. Can I put out an article for League of Legends? Like Ryan Clifford and, and Ken Lee and these guys stepped up and hey, esports and they're, they're just doing this. And then there were others like, fuck that. I don't, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not working for two weeks because you know, I don't Jeff, think I'm getting paid. It's like, you remember wow. this. You remember this. We, the, the first conference call that I held with staff um, all day, you know, I'm, I'm upset, I'm, I'm concerned but I'm very clear in what we have to do as a business to see this thing through. Um, you know, we were in a position where sports had stopped. We're in a sports business. So mm-hmm. our revenue effectively zero. went to $0. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I had to have a very frank and um, honest conversation with the team. And that's what I did. I, I mean, I feel like I was open, played it with an open hand the entire time was very upfront with, the position and what has to happen. And, you know, I was bent out of shape going into it, did what I had to do, um, get off of the call, you know, 
feeling okay that I was honest and, 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 and everything like that, but still, you know, not great because I just had to have this tough, tough conversation with the team. And I got text messages almost immediately after that phone call. Hey, Rob, I'm here. What do you need? I'm here. What can I do? And I will never forget these people that texted me after this phone call, because I'm sitting there just feeling kind of down and, you know, dejected, wondering which way this is going to shake out. We could have been shut down for nine months for all I knew. Right. Yeah. And we so, had no idea. Um, you know, those people, that means the, that meant the world. And these are the kind of people that we have here now. Do want to remind everybody that this episode of One Man's Opinion is brought to you by Stat Hero. Again, use the promo code Elite for a 25% match on your first deposit. Uh, the app is phenomenal. They've got the um, the survivor pools for NBA starting tonight. And yes, it's every night, basically. Whenever you're listening to this, yes, they got a new one starting tonight. So get out there. Stathero.com. Download the app. Use the promo code Elite 25% match on your first deposit on that one. Um, and to the point, I'll say this. Uh, <laughs> I was out it, man. Uh, Rob went out of his pocket. As did I, the two horns, that's not what we're trying to be about, but I'm just saying what we've done for people. And some of the, I know Rob went out of his pocket to help people that then left the company. And it's kind of a, you know, that's a interesting way of going about things and stuff. And not, I won't even talk about what's been paid back or not paid back. And that, that's because that's not why you did it. And I understand that you would never have brought that up on the show, but I want people to understand that too, because it's just that, that fucking vibe out there that elites dead, we're going to die. And all oh, that company's failing because then we, because the other thing is we went out and then we said, all right, well, we got some, you know, we were building this thing back up. Our investors, orange capital, which proved that we were in the right spot, had our back. I remember, conversations just you me and the the uh, the orange capital guys and i i went straight out i said guys well we need some are you willing to guarantee it are you willing that this we're we're in it you're in it for long haul because they technically could just pull the plug if they had wanted to and what mm -hmm. a fucking great time to do it they probably should have mm -hmm. no um they, and they said no absolutely not no 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 we would never do that we're not going to do that and I said all right let's go then, then we're going forward, and that's the only – and that was early. Like Rob said, we didn't know if it was nine months. We had no idea when this was going to go, but that kind of commitment is all we needed. Okay, we'll get through this. We'll manage. We'll, we'll take whatever it, it, whatever comes up. We'll deal with it as adults, mature adults and all that. And um, I thought that was just so important, and the people that needed something, Rob was there on a personal level. I want that to be known not in a business. Oh, we'll take out a big business. No, mm -mm -mm. not, it's not what happened. So, um, you, you know, and those things are, are bad. And we tried to go out and we hired, you know, we interviewed Rob and I personally interviewed dozens of people from around the fantasy sports industry, all of which were sort of down and out and there's companies furloughing and companies that closed their doors and all that. And, and um, we talked to a lot of people we had deals with a couple of folks who then backed out on us, you know, the mm -hmm. pair of people that will, will remain nameless because they said, I just don't think I worry about the business. I don't, I hear that you guys aren't going to be in business, which obviously comes from one of our competitors, mm -hmm. which we know who we're spreading those lies and those, those things. And okay, fine. But you know, I think that was something 
which is the, so the laughable. Death, how, how many, how many, how many sports. fantasy businesses have private equity backing? None. One. I mean, honestly, none. One. I'm telling you. Us. Maybe, yeah, maybe a couple. <laughs> there's probably a couple out there. I think Labs got investments, and like sure, RG sure, got yeah, something. But, I think, but yeah. I don't. I don't even know the structure. But yeah, like you said, not many people would have guaranteed our customers during that period. So, I mean, what does that do to you when they say you got? They thought we were going to be dead and we were down and out because we had lost at that point. Uh, what did we lose? Well, Collins has gone before, but this year we lost uh draft sheet and Kevin Adams, and Tommy G. And um, I think that was it at that point, but that, that at that point, yeah. we were interviewing there and everyone's like, well, everyone's leaving elite sports. We're all, you guys are all gone. You're going downhill. What was that like to you? I was, I was loving every second of it because you know, people, as people were predicting our downfall, um, I was watching our subscribers come back. I was watching the renewals on a daily basis. And by and large, all of our customers came back and then some during football season. And, you know, in the same days that I'm seeing people predict the death of Elite Sports Network, I'm watching real data. I'm watching real things. I'm watching the growth of the business happening after COVID. And so, you know, of course, I couldn't publicly come out and say these things as they're attacking and all of this stuff. Just, you know, that's not my, I wouldn't do that. It's not really my personality. But to watch as people are predicting our death and as I see these renewals coming in, you know, the other thing that people need to remember I know I, I've got the analytics. I've yeah. got data on my side. Oh, <laughs> like, but people don't realize like when you're saying these idiotic things. Facts. I mean, and the guys, and, and look at our world around us. Like that's something that is so important. By the way, we didn't have that two, three years ago. Like Rob and I were talking recently. It's, it's amazing that we know, and, and, you know, we know what our customers like. We know what they don't like. We know what your your you know what the times of day that you want content posted and don't want content posted. Like this, this makes our job so much easier. We we no longer just have to like how many times have you or I or somebody in the company post a fucking tweet that we have to say, hey, do you like this? And we feel dumb doing it, but we want to know. Now we have the analytics. We have the you know exactly you know who's coming to us for what, why, and, and what they like to consume. That's that's important. And, and that's stuff businesses do. And that, that's looking out for the customer's best interest so that we're not bombarding you with, with bullshit or garbage that you frankly don't want. And then we're directing our content, our the times of our stuff, the, the methodology. You notice a lot more podcasts, a lot more video, live stream, a lot of those shows, especially on elite sports betting, because you guys like it. Our customers community. like it. We're, we're, you know, we're, at the end of the day, we're community builders. And 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 as a testament to our community, and and uh, and uh, I, God, I always hesitate to give Jeff a compliment, but yeah, you know, do it. The, the, <laughs> the football season, you know, that first week, millions of screenshots. That second week, I think a guy won a million bucks. That yeah. third, they kept coming in. They kept coming in. They kept coming in. And as they're coming in on on side channels, everyone, I know how this. I know how the industry works. They all have these group texts. They all have these Slack channels. They all have these Discord channels. Mm-hmm. And they're all going, "Oh, Elite Sports is dead. They have no customers. They have no customers." As I'm watching these screenshots roll in, hundreds and hundreds of shots. 
Yeah. And man, on your hard work on, on our team's hard work, Mm -hmm. these are real customers. Where is everyone else's 50, 60 screenshots coming in at the end of an NFL Sunday? It's, it's, you know, it's a Jeff's doing a good job. The team's doing a good job, but B we've got a lot of fucking people. (laughs) Yeah, we do. And we're teaching them. And that's the thing. We don't, we're not screenshotting each other. That's the thing, man. I used to, I, I just full disclosure. I was never really comfortable with that whole thing, like I, I love, I like screenshotting. I think it's smart to do. It's good business. It's good to promote. And it's good to show that you're winning. I'm all about that. But it uh, always was around our, our tables was like, guys, you have to screenshot. You have to play more. You have to like, fuck that. I'm great. It's great when I win or when you win or, you know, but it's, we are in this for people, for real people. And we had $2 million winners. We had seven Winners of $100,000 plus on this year. We changed people's life. Not me and Rob or, or any of our you know, Ricky Sanders or CJ. No, they won plenty. Healy fucking screenshots all the time. No, these are real people, customers. Mm-hmm. We taught them. And yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it reminds me, like that work started in March. It started immediately after that call with you and Orange Capital and said, yeah, oh yeah, we're good. Gave me the peace of mind to say, all right, so here's what we're doing. I'm pretty confident there'll be a football. I'm going full bore football. If there's mm-hmm. an abbreviated baseball season, we got Ray Flowers. We, we, at that point that we, no, we hadn't hired Rick or Ricky or CJ yet, but we're, you know, we knew we'd get those people in there. We knew we'd have enough, but full bore. I was able to start early and focus all the attention. We were so far ahead of the competition all year long weeks, one through currently, like we're ahead of the, the, uh, the algos and lineup builders at other sites, because I know exactly what they're doing. I know exactly what we need to beat them. It's not perfect, but it's pretty, if this year was pretty goddamn. <laughs> it almost cool. was this year. <laughs> this year had two bad weeks. Like it's unbelievable. Crazy. I've never had such a good season. So, and that work started at that point. Well, everybody else is out chasing fucking ghosts and uh, conspiracy theories and, and chasing, you know, what percentage of this they want and, you know, doing all these things that weren't the work weren't focused on it we were in the lab we were we were digging the ditch we were piling bricks we were stacking chips in order to get to the point that we got to during the football season and that's what it's got to be about and you know we added the siege we added ricky sanders these guys that are customer first humble guys but are still very good but want to be our chat rooms are just completely different now than they were a year ago it's not the anger because we're honest with people people know exactly what they're going to get they know exactly there's no like oh you told me you're going to do this and you did that no that that unfortunately if, that if you don't want to if you don't want to interact with our community if you don't want to be part of the elite mafia you don't work here that's it simple as that and we know you know we, listen all the guys listening we know when you're in chat not I just want to say it's uh, we all look. I, you know, we gotta, we know when you log it into the chat and when you're not, we know, but you know, we schedule, but there's, there's no animosity. It used to be like, fuck that. I can't do that. Can you, people would have to go to me or to you. If you told them to do it, they'd come to me. If I told them to do it, they'd go to you <laughs> and say, Oh, I don't believe I have to do that. How am I supposed to do my lineups? Now nobody cares. Like I'll we do lineups. We don't even ask. We don't have to. It's such an amazing thing. So I think we're in such a better shape. It's really been an amazing year and we're in so much better shape as a business and financially, not that any of you care about that really, but because we don't, 
you know, listen, we dumped a lot of huge overblown salary as well. I mean, that's just fact of the matter. And we're not overpaying anybody anymore on terrible contracts. So uh, I think that is a, a big part of it. Um, a lot of people want to know about Tommy specifically, and we'll get, I, I'll get into it. And, you know, who knows if he listens or doesn't, I don't know. Don't hear from Tommy as much these days. I've nothing but love on a personal level, but uh, on the, the professional level and at the work, like, you know, Tommy went into politics. He went into conspiracies and politics. And for, I'll say from my vantage point, it was one of the saddest things. I had a, a, my buddy that I was in a band with back in college, uh, Cookie, and he was like a Cookie the Clown. He is the smartest guy I ever knew. He is the, the, clown. <laughs> the best musician that I ever knew. But I, I sat with him over a weekend when his parents were out of town while he uh, uh, got off of heroin. He, he, I mm. didn't know at the time until... It's too late that not too late, but that he was addicted to heroin. I sat there while he was diarrhea all over and we had newspapers all over his parents upstairs. It, it was, a, and I will say to this day, I think that was the saddest moment I've ever experienced uh, with a friend until Tommy G because watching that fall down, watching somebody, a politician get stranglehold to trick people into that. And I've talked about on the podcast, so people know where I stand. I'm not a political fo- guy, as you know, Rob, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a side. I don't have a side. I don't really, but I do know that nobody is telling me what to do. Nobody's going to say my life is going to be worse. There's no secret society of underground children or reptiles, all this shit. Even if there was, who gives a fuck, go to work. You have a job. <laughs> like, I don't care about it. If there is, there isn't, I don't even want to argue. I've spent hours arguing that back in the day with Tommy and everything. And it, it, it's sad. It was a sad thing to witness and to sit here um, and do. And quite frankly, while it was happening, we were, you know, he threatened your family, my family, as far as the business is concerned that we could been, you know, there's a time and place where Tommy leaving might've been the end of elite, but um, you know, it wasn't because, uh, I think by that point, he had just screwed over as many people as he was going to be able to. So that, that was my vantage point, at least. If you want to talk to it at all, Rob, it's up to you. Well, you, you know me. I mean, my my vantage point is always, is, is always pretty business, business related. You know, it was really pretty simple. At some point, um, we made a decision. We're a sports company and we're going to talk about sports and we're going to do sports. And, you know, people certainly see me rant about, you know, my hatred for Donald Trump. Sorry, I I don't like the guy. I I rant about him on social media. If you don't see that, if you're a Trump supporter, uh, I still love you. I sign up for elite. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, like we have a mission. The core mission is sports and that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I've talked about it before. Um, nobody, just don't let anybody get their hooks into you, folks. Uh, not me, not Rob, not anybody. Nobody, you are the most important thing in your life. You have to value yourself like that. And no, I don't care if it's a preacher, a pastor, your fucking boss, a, a girlfriend, a husband, a, a boyfriend or girlfriend, a politician or a, a spiritual leader or life coach. I don't give a fuck nobody but you really matters and you can be nice and kind and be a good person but you don't have to follow anybody into the depths of hell 
You don't have to set your own priorities, your own life back. You don't have to give your money and your worse, your time to anybody. Nobody deserves that except you, the people around you that you love and care about. That's who matter. Not any of these guys don't give a fuck about you. And we are witnessing people that went down that road fall apart. It didn't matter at all. You sacrificed your entire life and savings and, and family and friends and everything. You, you threw shit away. And this, I'm talking about everybody mm-hmm. in that regard. And you did it under the guiles or the, the idea that maybe there's a secret society or you're, a, a, you know, you're becoming light and a different whatever. It was never happening. It, no, never. It will never happen. I've used to work at service merchandise back in like the mid nineties. I had a job there and I sat up in the warehouse with a guy telling me how the world was going to end on like August 24th, 1993 (laughs) or something. It was like, and this guy did all this math and he wrote on the back of packages and he, he had all this shit. My encounter. You're fucking nuts. And then that day came and he called in sick. And then the next, you know, a week later he shows back up. He's like, I got the math wrong. You didn't get the math wrong. The world's not ending. Stop it. Stop doing this. Stop throwing your own life away. So, you know, that, that's, that's where I stand on that. And there's no personal harm or resentment. Not, not at all. It's just a sad thing. Uh, what happened to Tommy, what happened to QAnon people, um, what happened to anybody. And it goes for the Biden people, as far as I'm concerned, too. Like, if you're that fucking into Biden, you're an idiot. Like, just stop yeah, giving you know your why I'm so happy that over Joe people. Biden is taking over the presidency. It's not because I give a flying fuck about Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. How can I, you? You know, I they're barely even know what their politics are. I don't right. care. Yeah. I just want the noise to turn down. Yeah. I, I just want the divisiveness to turn down. And I really, really hope that that can start happening. You know, I, who knows how long these people are going to cling. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't care who's in that office. It's a, it's a sad thing. And the world, the world moves on, folks. It's, uh, you know, feel the dreams. Uh, James Earl Jones says it's like an army of steamrollers. It's been repaved and repaved again. It's what he says about baseball. But I, I look at that as a view on life. It's the way life goes. It doesn't stop. It's moving forward and you, you need to better your, your situation. You need to do what's best for you. And if it's entertainment or something, fine, no problem. But you don't give your soul over to anybody because it's the most valuable thing that you have. And you need facts. Anybody who tells you something, say, what are the facts? What's the truth? I tell everybody on the radio all the time. I, I get a boner when you call in and say, why? Oh, I love it. Just, just put me on the spot spontaneous don't even type my, my phil backer and uh and sandra nello who produced my radio show they don't when i do this call screener all i want to know is what sport they want to talk about i want to be surprised it gets me off i want you need to ask me jeff why have an opinion on this that's my job i don't want to be i don't want to look it up i'm not sitting there google uh, what is this guy no and if I don't know, I don't know. Shit. Uh, and then you, you'll hear my reaction. That's why I stumble over calls sometimes. Like, Cause you need to put us all on spots. Why is this? Why is that? What is the going on there? There's a secret society of kids. Where, how, when, <laughs> no, not just, well, Oh, d- you don't need to read into science. There's nothing that says you need to read all these signs and all these. Well, if you align this and if you go to the fourth paragraph of the third word, no, nothing's that complicated. God damn it. Nothing is that complicated. You don't have to read into anything. It's pretty out there. Anything that's real is out there, folks. So just, 
I, I say that not because I differ from an opinion on you or I have any political leans because I don't give a shit. What I care about is you, every single one of you. I say it all the time, Rob. I don't have enough listeners. I don't have enough fans. I don't have enough followers. I need every single one of you. If you don't do it for yourself, do it for Pappy Mans because I need every goddamn one of you. Don't go down the dark side. Don't get into shit that's going to take away your life or worse your livelihood. Fuck. So uh, that's the advice to everybody out there as well. Um, So, you know, in essence, 2020 became our most successful year because you know, I think we're in such a better situation, monetarily, fiscally. Uh, um, I think it's just a better environment. I wanted to leave at the start of this year. And I, I said that to you and, and I was up front and told you and said, I'm just, this is not comfortable for me and all this. And I sit here a year later and I'm like, I couldn't even imagine being anywhere else. I love what this company is about. I love the people I work with now. I love the, the environment we've created, the, the atmosphere in our chats and message boards and on our shows. And I just, I, I, and it's weird because now I'm having a meltdown about that because now I'm like, what the fuck am I going to bitch about, Rob? <laughs> what am I going to bitch about for a couple months till baseball starts? Well, you know, I won't reveal our private text messages, but you'll find a few things. <laughs> not, not about, not about the team. Jeff's like the, Jeff's like the cranky old man. There's always a thing or two that he wants to complain about. <laughs> That's true. I need it because it's like, I swear to God, I do need it. And uh, it's been real easy the last couple of years. This now I'm like, Oh shit, I got to actually go out into the world and figure something out to bitch or complain <laughs> about. It's, it's, Wild stuff. Uh, all right, folks, before we get out of here, let's talk some numbers. When you see millions of dollars every week being offered in traditional DFS, it lures you in, right? We're all excited about that. Everyone thinks they have a shot at that million-dollar fantasy lotto ticket, but how often are you actually cashing in? Did you know you have less than a 1% chance to win any real money in those contests? Well, now you can play something better. It's called Stat Hero. Stat Hero provides daily fantasy survivor pools that give you easier chances to win. No more sharks, no more competing with thousands of other lineups. You compete against Stat Hero. If you beat Stat Hero, you get paid. That's it. Stat Hero runs DFS survivor pools across all sports, including NBA, new ones every night, pays you out every time you advance. Every win, you get paid. No more rankings, no more impossible odds. You want to win for once? Try competing just against that hero and experience the difference. Use the promo code ELITE, E-L-I-T-E, for a 25% match on your first deposit. And now Stat Hero can be played on any mobile device through their app and on stathero.com. Remember, promo code ELITE, E-L-I-T-E, 25% match. Great stuff from our sponsor uh, right there. Rob, any final news uh, or notes, anything else that we didn't get to? Do we hit everything you think the people want? I, I'm sure they want like more anger and stuff, but I, I don't feel that's who we are. Oh, there's somebody that said they wanted first impressions. What was your first impression of me when we first started working together in 2016? First impression of Jeff Mann. So, so uh, if you've ever seen Jeff at a trade show or pictures of Jeff at a trade show, he always has the sports coat on, right? Oh yeah. And so my first impressions of Jeff, just, just seeing the pictures of the sports code and, you know, Oh, this guy is, this guy's a little bit stiff. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Jeff is not stiff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The pull it up. It's funny. You know, I'll take credit for this one. Like, I don't know when, but you know, I started going to the FSTA and the conferences and that stuff. And um, I remember I would go and I'd, I'd always dress nice. You know, I just 
that's just the way I, I, I believe it. There would be people in legit sweatpants, oh, yeah. legit like stained holes sweatpants. Like it was like a Sunday afternoon. They're watching football all day. It's weird. I started then going to the other extreme. I'm like, well, I'm suiting up. You know, I'm going to do this. It's now more mainstream in the, at those conferences to do that. And I was laughed at for many years for doing it. So I take uh, some responsibility in cleaning up the industry that way. But <laughs> that, <laughs> your, that, your, your small contribution to the industry. My, my impression of Rob, yeah, small contribution. My impression of Rob is just quiet. Like, I, honestly, I, I didn't know for almost a year whether you had a brain in your head. Like, I didn't know... <laughs> What, what I didn't know what you thought, what you do. I, I just, you were on mute. You didn't talk, you know? And then of course I always had the other guys calling me and then saying, okay, now we need to bring Rob in first. Here's the, here's what we're saying. Now we're going to tell Rob this. And I'm like, that was like, I'm like, I, do you know this? Like, I, I don't, I just didn't know what that was. And I, I feel like I really didn't know you very well until probably this past year for the most part. Like, I, you know, we, we had, I'd say that conversation that we had about CEO and stuff, that first moment, I really understood your character a lot more and what you were about and your, also your vision for the company, which uh, I, I got to give you a ton of credit. And I, I, we said 2020 has been one of the best years and it's true. And you got, you guys give Rob Brink a ton of the credit, give him all the credit to deal it's not easy is every decision right who the fuck knows well time will tell but to balance all of this i've been on the phone i've been on calls and, and he, he's you know, wife and kids at home by the way and dealing with dealing with wall street guys and park avenue guys and then dealing with me and tommy g and fucking you know our and, and the siege and his crazy takes and whatever like to balance all this that takes somebody special. It takes something special in that. Rob's done that. So uh, his takes on Twitter are atrocious. We all know that, <laughs> but we don't know. By the way, what about, uh, what are you investing in as far as sports cards? People want to know oh, about boy. that. We so, we'll so, do another show on this someday, but who's the guy to get right now? You know, what's crazy is, you know, you, you made fun of me. Well, so many people made fun of me oh, when yeah. I got into the sports cards. Cause I like, I guess in March is like when I did it. I, you know, like I'm just trying to find some extra escape. Right. And then I see like, okay. Yeah. I like sports. I've always been a card collector, I suppose, sure. but clearly I had quit for 20 years or plus. Right. So I got back into it and like, you know, people are giving me some flack and now it's like, all oh, you see, and everyone's excited about it. Their cards are selling for millions of dollars and all this kind of stuff. So I'm going to start a show. I've talked to Corey Parsons, a friend of ours, who's really into this as well. We might start doing a weekly show or something about cards, but um, the one guy I'm collecting right now is in basketball, DeAndre Hunter. So I started buying DeAndre Hunter cards a little while ago. They're really going up now. I still think there's a lot of upside DeAndre Hunter. And then um, on the baseball side, I'm still collecting Luis Robert, your guy, yeah. uh, White Sox. He is a superstar. I realize he batted like 193 last year. This guy is a superstar. And I think um, you're going to see that this year. Like that. Uh, and there you go. So Rob's going to start doing card uh, collectibles. And where do you stand on Bitcoin, Rob? Oh, boy. Uh, you know, I was an early adopter of Bitcoin. Um, yeah. Same. I, I knew about Bitcoin before anyone in this company did. I'm sure uh, at least I introduced uh, uh, Tommy and Kevin to it. Oh, I knew because that, yeah. Back in the day, I would use Bitcoin because you could bet with it anonymously. So I would be betting in Europe, wherever with Bitcoin, because you didn't have to tie your name to it. You could do whatever you wanted with it. 
And by the way, it was a hundred dollars a coin, right? So I probably had a hundred coins at some point, 200 coins at some point. Um, and I was transacting with it. Um, I sold Jeff, I sold, um, 10 Bitcoins, um, for 6,500 a coin. And I took that cash down to the car dealership and bought a new truck, um, three years ago. So, now my joke is that truck sitting in my driveway is uh, worth three hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right now it is, but uh, we'll see about appreciation, depreciation. Don't buy it now. L- like if you, somebody it's wants to know my opinion, do, I, I, it could go to a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, I know, it's... but you do not make money buying tops. You don't make money no. buying things that are going in this direction. It's, it's ripe for a fall. So I I've buy. said it, I say it all time. I say it to you and on our text chains a lot is like, you just don't want nothing that if people tell you this is a collectible, no, it's not going to be collectible. This is what you got to get into. It's usually not, it's very rare. It's the things it's the thing in the shadow is it's the backup thing is it's a side thing that always becomes the worth most because once people know it's worth most, they produce more, they hold on to it. There's more abundance of that, whatever it is. And I feel like Bitcoin, you know, it's different, but with Bitcoin, it's just when are governments going to adapt the currency? When are, you know, what are, what they, there has to be regulation here, more regulated than it is right now. And that's, uh, it's going to be, we're going to have to see, you're going to see governments coming out with their own, uh, crypto and blockchains and it's uh i don't know i don't know where it goes but i know that if you're going to give me twenty thousand dollars per coin i'm going to take it and i'll just take the real money and save it i'll take my truck at this point <laughs> i will i'll just take a, a commodity like dude I'm, we're 40 years old like fuck this like, i don't I, I i maybe it's different than a 25 year old 25 year old me may say you fucking buy it all well, you, know? you know that might be the difference like look i've got plenty of money i don't need to i don't really need to speculate in that right. now listen if you're a guy who's sitting on you got two grand you want to fine but don't take a hundred thousand dollars and buy bitcoin <laughs> yeah don't just just fucking don't do it um uh the part employees oh boy can which one do you wish was still working at elite good lord that's a uh, i mean listen i don't there's only one that i don't like there's only uh, and i won't go into the one that i don't like and i'm glad he, he doesn't work here but um everybody else i don't you know i don't know who would hire back because other people have risen to the occasion um so well the simple answer for me is you know by and large, I, I'm on good terms with everyone that left. So that's not to say I would welcome them back with open arms because we don't necessarily, we're not hiring. <laughs> like I'm really happy with the team, but you know, at this point, nobody, I, you know, it's, it's fine. It is what it is. You know, this is business and you make business decisions and you move on with your life least missed person no i'm not touching that one uh everybody knows who i don't like i mean they should know at this point and it's uh you know it's been out there for a a quite a long time but you know i'm not into twitter beefs like i used to thrive on that i really did but i'm just not not that guy anymore i want to give information and content and i don't really need to get praised by somebody jeff and i work and then go spend time with our family when when it's available and you know being involved in anything on social media is just 
a waste Death. of life waste of our time that is for sure all right everybody remember rob rink follow him at the alcoholic t-h-e-a-l-g-o-h-o-l-i-c i think that's right <laughs> the alcoholic uh on uh, on twitter and uh his bets i think you're one of the did you you pretty uh did well in football this year uh amazing, amazing football season weekly football bets so all your bets are posted over there elite sports betting.com as well remember folks as always if you're now member over fancy guru elite fantasy elite sports betting if you have one of our subscriptions or you want to try to try out something else uh, on our site just hit us up support at elitefantasy.com we will definitely take care of each and every one of you uh, to make sure you get what you need and, and get in the right thing without paying a lot of money. That is our pledge to each and every one of you. You can follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Rob, any final words for the kitties before we let them go? Uh, no, this was fun. This is fun. This, let's, let's do this yes. again. We need to do this again and much more often as well. And now let's not talk about the past. Now we're just facing forward, everybody. So there you go. The great Rob Brink, everybody. Remember, visit uh, our sponsor, Stat Hero at stathero.com. Download their mobile app. Use the promo code ELITE, E-L-I-T-E, for 25% discounts uh, on your first deposit. So get in there at stathero.com. Episode 49 in the books, everybody. Appreciate you guys listening, downloading, subscribing, commenting. It is much, much appreciated. Remember, you may disagree with anything or everything that you heard on today's show, and that's perfectly all right. Why? Because it was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Peace out.